Hello. Welcome back to Thoughts from the Shade. It's a, it's a sad time. It's a slow time. You see the Stanley Cup get raised. The the end of June is is here. You know that uh, you know the sports season is is winding down. Uh, so it hurts, but at the same time, uh, we'll make a an administrative announcement here as well. Bob and I are looking forward to a little bit of time off, a little brief hiatus, a little recharge of the batteries. Uh, we're gonna take next week off, potentially the week after. Uh, we'll be in touch on the Instagram and and keep everybody posted on that. Uh, we got some golf to talk about. Obviously, the Bryce Harper uh, injury. I mentioned the Stanley Cup being wrapped up, and then we got, for the first time, we got the people involved. Uh, multiple people involved. Little ask me any, anything segment uh, from the Instagram story. Thank you everybody for your responses. We'll get to that at the end before we ship off for vacation. But first, uh, let's just say what's up to Bomb. What's up, Bomb? Gee, what's going on, brother? Chilling, man. One week till vacation. I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I'm not feeling very motivated, uh, but I'm I'm certainly excited uh, for episode 54 here. Before uh, you know, we take a little break. How you making out? Oh man, you know you're not feeling motivated. I'm not feeling rejuvenated, brother. I just got back from a uh, you know, little golf bachelor party down in in. Uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and uh, yeah, just good, good to be back home. But a gr- great weekend overall. Any uh, any notable tracks played <clears throat> on this trip that you'd like to offer any reviews or insight on, or are you starting the blog for that? World Golf Village. Uh, we played King and Bear, and then the next day we played Slammer and Squire. But the crown jewel of the trip was uh, TPC Sawgrass. We did not play the the. Uh, the course that holds the players because it was closed, but we played Dyes Valley, which was a treat, a delight, uh, a premium course, a, a premium player. I didn't really step up to the step up to the task. G. Did you eat like some peanut butter bef- the night before, or a lot of cold Miller lights that could have contributed? Uh, I was in the the top bunk of a bunk bed. I by day three of that. The lower back was starting to lock up. Still managed to hit, uh, you know, 50% of fairways, uh, 44% of greens, but just just couldn't. The good holes were good. The bad holes were really bad. 50% of fairways and 44% of greens, and it didn't go as well as you'd hoped. Finished at a 94. Uh, let me let me take you through the back the back nine. I'm I'm looking at the flat stick with those numbers. It was not the flat stick. I only had 33 putts. All right, not bad at all. Bogeyed 10, par on 11, par on 12, triple on 13, bogey 14, bogey 15, triple on 16, bogey double. It hurts, man. A lot of, a lot of trouble, a lot of water, uh, a lot of water behind greens where if you blade a greenside bunker, that's gone. Um but yeah, I mean, course was fabulous. The 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 boys were even better. Great crew. A lot, a lot of ball busting on the trip. A lot of uh, we had some action going. Um, overall, great trip. You you survived staying in an Airbnb for a couple nights there. Just barely, and in fact, I uh, because my flight 
was was Sunday night, and we played golf Sunday morning. Uh, I, I had to shower at Sawgrass, so I talked to the locker room attendant. I said, "Look, pal, I got a I got a flight. I'm a member at Lulu Country Club. Can you give me a warm shower and a towel?" And the guy said, "No problem, buddy. That's what they're there for." So I was able to shower up in their wonderful facilities, great locker room. Had a beer in the locker room, sat in the big leather chair, watched a little golf. Uh, all in all, great trip. Good hospitality. Um, yeah. I guess I'll I'll just say and put it out there, contrary to to what many folks believe, uh, I played around a golf, played around a golf, excuse me, uh, somewhere else other than Lulu Country Club this weekend. I think the round was was prematurely entitled "The Bully at Bully Rock." Very premature. Uh, the fellow that that initiated this round uh, was kind enough to drive my sorry ass down. Uh, to Maryland, to Bully Rock, golf course, golf club, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's in the top 100 uh, in the country for public tracks, and, and it lived up to the hype. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, you don't see many public tracks that are in that kind of shape, that have that kind of castle of a clubhouse, uh, the facilities, the range, the practice screens. They had, like, a fire-ass, like, chipping area to work on, like, 100 and in. Before you go over to the first day, you didn't have to. You didn't have to spend any time there. The the the, ch- the chop the chop maybe, but the chip not so much. Yeah, now that's I, I I didn't go see the range, but uh, a couple of the other guys did. They they said it was good, but the, I really like that that little chipping area. Uh, and then yeah, part the first three holes. First hole's pretty easy. Second hole's like a long par five, so you you know I got I got home in four and one putted. Uh, and then the third hole was a par three that. Hit the green two putt and then uh, proceeded to shoot 21 over par uh, through the last 15 holes and, and ended up with a 93. But it was a, it was a beautiful day, 11 a.m. tea time, a little hot down in Maryland, a little sweat going. But uh, no, I, I was impressed. The greens were, were firm and, and rolled pretty true. Reminded me of, of those over at Huntington Valley a little bit. Not, not as quick, uh, but Whoa. I would say kind of the look and the quality, they were nice. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I put it on the Twitter account, but I, th- I think you got to add Bully Rock to, to the must-play list uh, annually, and for, once forget a year. About, forget about the list. Forget about what you shot. This guy who you played against, a loyal listener, he's been talking a lot of trash for, I think, multiple seasons. Where did we net out here, G? Uh, I took it down. Uh, I, I think... We finished, I want to say I was four up after 18. Uh, I didn't. I lost the back, you know, so we'll, we'll give credit to, to the guy for battling the elements and the heat. Uh, I think I, I lost the back by a hole or two, but I think overall I won by, by three or four and maybe about eight strokes overall. You know, I really don't want to hear about the elements and the heat because the first fucking uh, tea time we had down in Florida after a night of drink until 2 a.m., uh, I, I think we teed off at 9:30. I was already sweat through the golf glove. I, I golf glove. I lost. I lost the driver on the first hole. G. It, it, it slipped out of the hand. Uh, there was sweat pouring down my my forearms. I had to. I brought an extra glove. Thank God. Had to had to swap out gloves. Uh, uh, you know, throughout the you day. You had the second glove. Had the second. I had a third glove too, just in case. Wow. Real feel. 
107 degrees. That's disgusting. The, the last thing I'll say about Bully Rock, uh, for anybody in the area that hasn't been thinking about going, not a bad ride from the Philly area. Whoa. Hour 15, hour 30. Uh, you didn't rip it in the roller, though. Ripped it in God's Passat. The Yo! Same, the, the same ride that got us down to Pinehurst uh, in, in April of 2020. So, uh, but no, not not a bad ride. And Saturday, 11 a.m. prime time, 110 bucks. Really, really not not too bad. So yeah, it's comparable to a private course, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Uh, so nothing but good things to say there. Would have liked to have played a little better, especially with the uh, the solid start, but. That's golf, and we came out on top uh, with a guy that spends uh, a lot of his week making memes of me and sending them to you, and you end <laughs> up posting them. So uh, just just good to, to take you two down in the last, I don't know, t- 10, 10 days or so. You slayed the meme maker. I slayed the meme maker. I slayed, slayed the meme poster, but it, what goes around comes around. We got we got to get minor number three on deck. Um, you know, Maybe we'll get... We'll get something else on tap with the God, maybe in like three years. Hopefully he's listening. I'll get a laugh out of that. But now uh, in, in terms of of golf, though, in, in episode 53, uh, I did receive an audio message, a voice message uh, from a listener that they had some thoughts, some feelings uh, about minor number two and Hopefully this will come through. We're recording remote tonight. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so, Bob, just hit me with a thumbs up if you can hear this. Um, but, yeah, let, let, let's hear from a loyal listener all the way in Texas uh, on minor number two. What's up, fellas? Uh, first time, long time. Love the podcast. Congrats on 53 episodes. But I did want to touch base on uh, – Episode 53 from last week, just uh, I'm dubbing it myself as Electrolyte Gate. Uh, and, and here's why. This is in reference to minor number two that you guys played uh, over at Lulu. Uh, Bomb himself uh, said he woke up at 1.30 uh, just, just yamming all over the place. Uh, lost Electrolyte's for for about an hour and uh just apparently couldn't recover and that's that's the reason why he got the brakes beaten off of him now that's a quote from g i didn't that was not something that was made up by me g told us he beat the brakes off of him um you know i'm just I'm not, I'm not buying it. You're telling me bomb this confident guy, this resilient guy, uh, you know, got taken down by a teaspoon of PB. He's not a mental midget. He's, he's stood on the competitive stage before. Uh, and you know, he's gone toe to toe with some of the best. And, uh, I just, I find it hard to believe that, uh, you know, he got worked over by, by a scoop of Jif. Uh, if, if I may, I'd like to, to propose, and I don't think I'm the only one that thinks what happened. Uh, this is, this is what happened. I think it was, uh, about one 30 in the morning. 
Bombs tucked in probably keeps his his temperature around 68. He's curled up like a burrito under the sheets. You know, he's dead asleep. The mind's starting to starting to turn and he wakes up in a cold sweat. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was anything other than the nerves. He was a he was a little nervous to play G in minor number two, feeling really good. He's shooting in the 80s. Uh, a couple of rounds before, four rounds before, and and next thing you know, he's got to wake up in a few hours, and and he's got to go toe to toe with G uh, at their own club, Lulu Country Club, and he just he couldn't handle it. The nerves got the best of him, and and I just you know I don't know if this should all be blamed on the PB. Maybe if you would have said golf tech, the lessons he's been taking, maybe he's trying out a new grip or something like that. Yeah, we buy that. But nah. Peanut butter? No, sir. I think uh I think we just gotta take the L as it is. And uh and I think for minor number three, Bomb's gotta come back and you know, stay away from the jelly. That's all I gotta say. Love the podcast, guys. Bob, your thoughts. Wow. Uh, a lot to address there, a lot to unpack. First of all, thanks for the thoughts. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the love. Um, I mean, what 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 can I say? Here's here's what Electrolyte I'll Gate. I, I'm I'm not gonna confirm, I'm not gonna deny, I'm not gonna uh dispute what the caller uh said was there maybe an element of nerves sure perhaps but I, i'm not a nervous guy uh i happen to think it was the salmonella in in the in the walmart peanut butter uh if jiff a name brand has salmonella i mean this would be like super salmonella in walmart walmart's brand so i think everyone can agree to that but i don't want to look backwards i don't want to i don't want to make excuses i'm here to look forward and here's my commitment to the people uh, when I play G in minor number three, for every hole that I beat him by, I will consume an uncrustable <laughs> at the end of the round. Okay. So if I beat him by eight, I got to eat eight uncrustables. I haven't had peanut butter. I haven't had peanut butter and jelly. I've had none of it since electrolyte gate. My commitment to the people is if I beat the brakes off my man, G using G words, G's words. Not my words. Beat the brakes off my man G. I will eat Uncrustables in the amount of holes that I beat G by. Minor number three brought to you by Smuckers. That's right. Let's get them on the horn. Dial up the uh, the sponsorship. Now the the other the other thing that 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 guy uh, suggested for minor number three was that we get a little live scoring app going so the folks at home can follow along. So gonna look into that. We'll we'll get it dialed. Um, I don't know if minor number three will happen during the the summer vacation hiatus here, but like I said at the top, we'll we'll be in touch on, on social uh, on Instagram uh, if we're not here here back on the pod. Uh, but no, not, nothing else on the golf front on the weekend for me. Bomb your boy Shawfly taking down the Travelers. Any thoughts on that? You'll hear about it later. <laughs> not for the pod. No, no, no. I mean. Uh, oh, okay. it'll, it, it'll be it'll be a, uh, a specific segment. I don't know if you want to if you want to do the read now or later, but uh, I, I wasn't prepared, but uh, I'm I'm also always prepared. So let's let's see. Let's see how we do uh, with 
the audio, uh, the behind the scenes things here is we're remote for the first time since we've been going live. Well, that's the sound uh, for Bob's Bone to pick of the week, which is always is brought to you by Shamrock Sun, the 50 SPF uh, big ass 32 fluid ounce bottle sunscreen that you need to get your hands on this summer to protect yourself uh, while you're enjoying all your favorite outdoor activities. Uh, so check them out on Instagram, shamrocksun.com. Uh, they're also available on Amazon. Get that shit delivered immediately. Um, yeah, so thanks to Shamrock Sun for sponsoring Bomb's Bone to pick of the week. This is a borrowed bone. This is a bone that was brought to me by our live golf correspondent, Big Meech. Uh, and the bone that I'm borrowing from him is the take on live. My bone to pick of the week is with live golf. Live has decimated the PGA Tour by so much. They've taken so many good players that losers like Xander Shaffley are winning on PGA Tour. This is disgusting. Uh, I don't understand how a guy like Xander is able to win. Uh, it seems like he was handed this tour win. Uh, but he's a loser. He'll always be a loser. It doesn't matter how many travelers he wins, how many gold medals in the COVID Special Olympics he wins. This guy is a bum and a loser. And my bone is with Live Golf. You know, that's that's an interesting take on uh, on Live Golf. But I, th- I thought the bone was going to be with Xander. Uh, I will say it, it's funny how a lot of people are taking the avenue of like it's it's kind of like the bum tour. Like, and the latest guy to go that I see today is Matthew Wolf, who had, was like a quick He's flash, a quick flash in the pan, like made uh, I think he had a couple top fives and a few majors, uh, in, in 2020 and has gone totally backwards. He's put up some, some really big, uh, ugly, uh, you know, numbers that would have him qualifying for potentially a thoughts from the shade minor. Uh, but now, now he's, uh. He's heading over, heading over to live, getting paid to be a stiff, and uh, the saga continues. So I, I'll just leave, uh, I'll leave the golf situation, the golf drama at that uh, for this week, unless you got anything else. That's all I got. All right. Well, I guess we we got to talk about it. It hurts. Uh, I mean, I didn't have, as everybody knows, uh, the utmost of uh, faith in the Phillies this season but uh they're they're having a great june i think 18 and 6 in june if i if i if my eyes were working correctly today but bryce harper uh gets doinked by blake snell uh with a baseball uh on the hand who's a scumbag by the way yeah i i mean i don't think it was intentional but like that guy's face and like watching him, i feel like i've watched him pitch so many times for so many different teams and it's just a hate the face kind of guy. Uh, but anyway, he rips one off Harper's hand, broken thumb. Uh, I haven't heard anything on a timetable. I've heard indefinitely. Uh, you got to think it's at least like six weeks. Some people are saying he could be out the year. Uh, so it hurts. Uh, puts a real big damper on a good June. But in, in my eyes, uh, the other guys that they pay, they, they got to step it up. Castellanos, Real Mutos, you know, let, let's 
let's earn a bag here. Schwarber's been popping off in June again. Um, even though the average isn't isn't outstanding. But I think they're thirty nine and thirty five as of this recording. They're a game or a game and a half game and a half out in the wild card, still like eight back in the division. They haven't they haven't sustained my my five games over five hundred mark, but with, with the hockey being done, what do we have? One major left in golf. Got 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 to put our hope in the fills. Uh, it's not a lot of hope. I don't have faith, but it just hurts for our guy Bryce because even though the Phillies let us down, you you still got to love three. Yeah, I mean, at the time of the injury here, he's hitting three eighteen with fifteen homers, forty eight RBIs, and a nine eighty four OPS. Um, and that's with an uh, an injury that he's been dealing with all all season. He's got the small tear in the UCL, and. Uh, I think he, tr- he tried to avoid the dreaded TJ, the Tommy John, with with some PRP in the elbow. I, I don't know how else to say this. But yeah, they signed a bunch of guys in the offseason that hopefully can pick up in, in Harper's absence. But I, I need to see a response from this pitching staff. Um, last year, your best player, your MVP, Bryce Harper, gets drilled in the face with a fucking fastball. This year, he catches one up near the shoulder that hit, hits him in the hand and and breaks his thumb. Is, is anyone on this team going to re- retaliate? Is anybody going to come out of the dugout and beat somebody's ass? I mean, Snell and Harper were kind of shouting a little bit. Uh, is is anyone going to clear the benches and go beat this guy's fucking face in? I don't know what Snell was shouting at Harper, but I, I believe Harper was shouting, like, I know you didn't do it on purpose. Like I think no, he, was no, no. Just, he was yelling to begin with, and then Snow yelled back, and then Harper conceded, like he cooled down and go, and said, like, oh, I know, I know, it wasn't like on purpose. But whether it's on purpose, whether it's not on purpose, why is Harper the guy that has to yell? Where's the twenty fifth guy coming off the bench to beat this guy's teeth in? I don't know. It's a, it's a lack of lack of camaraderie, maybe. Like I feel like you, we just got done watching the Stanley Cup, and you see the the sacrifices and the guys standing up for each other. And I'm not like trying to say like, I'm not trying to make the argument for hockey. I'm just making the argument about like these great teams. These guys, they go to bat for each other, no matter the circumstances for, for right, for wrong, for better, for worse. You, you got to see some sort of response. And, and I think you're right, Bob, we, we didn't get that. And that's just a trait of a, of a mediocre team. And that's exactly what we are right now. Yeah. I mean, not 97 buzz on the top. He hits the deck. Helmet goes flying. And, uh, the first guy out of the dugouts, the athletic trainer. I mean, come on, guys. It's fucking pathetic. Um, just, just, just no, no heart, no guts. Uh, can can they win without him? Can they make the playoffs? Sure. I mean, the Braves just won a World Series without Ronald Acuna last year. But I think that team was deeper. That team was younger than this Phillies team. This team overpaid for a bunch of vets. If they play well, great. But I'm not seeing any heart from the pitching staff to be able to retaliate. I don't think the uh, I don't think the lineup on paper is like trash. Like I think I think it's you can win with it. Uh, despite all my comments about hitting season and the, and the slow start and everything, I mean on paper it is not a terrible lineup, even sans Bryce. But I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not going to break the bank, uh, put a ton of stock into into this team making a run without Bryce. Can it happen? Do they have, do they have some bats to do it? Yes. Will it happen? I'm going to say no, but 
We'll see what happens because they just took three or four from the Padres. Solid team. Uh, they got three games with the Braves this week. I think they have like seven games against St. Louis in the next couple of weeks here. Who's a solid team. I think in that wild card picture. So if they want to prove me wrong, they could do it in the next two weeks here and, uh, and gain some ground on these teams in front of them in the wild card. Yeah. I mean, it, it reminded me a little bit of Utley back in July of 2007, where he got hit, he got hit by John Lennon in the hand. He missed, uh, 31 days. He actually had surgery to speed up that recovery. Um, and he came back in, in late August. People remember that big that big hit that he had off Billy Wagner in that uh, four game sweep of the Mets at home in late August, and they were they went fifteen to thirteen without Utley. I, I don't know that this team can play five hundred baseball without Harper. I actually think he's on track from what I'm hearing to uh, to miss more games than than Utley missed. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's going to be able to dodge surgery or if he has to have surgery, but this is one of those instances where. If you don't nip this in the bud and this becomes a nagging thing, it's it's and it becomes chronic. I mean, this guy, this guy's hands are his living. And, and and they have to get this fixed. If if this is an injury where with his fracture in that left thumb, it's multi months. Shut it down and not only shut it down. Proceed with the surgery on the UCL. Get that shit cleaned up, too, because I, I just. I don't know that this guy is going to be able to come back and give you that MVP caliber. And then you end up with a guy going into next year who has a nagging elbow, who's got a nagging hand. I just, you know, these guys make so much money. You got to nip this shit in the bud. And he, and he's got such a, he's got so much term left on this deal. He's, he's going to be here for a long time. So yes, it hurts. Yes. We're in the mix. Uh, at the end of June here, coming into July, coming into the all-star break, but is this a World Series team? And does Bryce Harper coming back uh, at seventy percent, eighty percent? Does that does that push you over the edge? I, I don't think so. So I'm I'm totally on board with that. If it, if there's even a doubt about him making a full recovery, you, you you shut it the hell down. You clean everything up, and you just get him get him back to full health, uh, whenever that might be, uh, so that he's ready ready for the future and can come back and play it at the form that we know he can, because it, it definitely messes with a guy's psyche when he comes back, he's not fully healed. He plays like shit. Like it's just, it's just a total shit show. So I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And yeah, we'll just, we'll wish Bryce a, uh, a speedy and full recovery. Uh, Cause we need him. And I'll just say the problem too, with this franchise is I don't know that they have a ton to go out there and, piecemeal this thing together for, for the last few months of the season. So last year when the Braves lost to Cunha, they made, I think, three or four trades. Uh, they, they got Jock Peterson from the Cubs, Jorge Soler from the Royals, Adam Duvall from the Marlins, and Eddie Rosario from the Indians. All, all four of those guys um, ended up playing pretty big roles in the postseason. So my point being, you don't need superstars all around the field to be a playoff team or even be a championship team. But you need you do need to find a way to piecemeal lose piecemeal it together when you lose a star. I don't think the Phillies have enough firepower to go out and get guys of that caliber. Do they have like the the word like the juice or the stones to like kind of come together? I mean, you t- we talked about nobody jumping out of the dugout. Like when you're when you're gonna scrap it together and make up for for losing your best player, like 
you gotta have some balls. You gotta have some some swag. I don't I don't know if, if this team has it, but could be wrong. They, they like I said, they've had a nice June. Uh, ever since Girardi, you know, low 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 testosterone, Girardi got got canned. Low T ru- Joe. Low T Joe. Uh, ever since he got run out of town, it's it's been good. So so may, maybe there is something there, uh, but honestly, at this point, I'm I'm just glad uh, we got something to keep our eye on uh, now that now that everything else is over. Speaking of, of things being over, the Stanley Cup final is over, and the Colorado Avalanche are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time. It hurts. Since 2001, yeah, it hurts. Uh, I was on the Lightning. Uh, I, know, I know some listeners of the show out there. You know, I, I convinced them. Uh, I, I felt good about it, but they ran out of steam. They, they were banged up. Braden Point wasn't able to come back and be effective. I think he played one or, or, or two games in the series. He's their number one centerman. Um, still thought they could get it done, but but they didn't. And we talked about Tampa or Colorado and how they they're not very likable. But I have to say, uh, Game Six and the clincher last night in, in that second period. Uh, as the Avs kind of took control of the game, they took the lead. Tampa Bay, I mean, I guess because because they haven't lost in three years, uh, it just got ugly. I mean, they they were bitching about calls. You had Patrick Maroon slashing Manson after a goal right in front of the net where the puck went in. Just goes Paul Bunyan on this guy's leg, no call. Uh, and then Ryan McDonough with the big boarding call, and. He's like complaining about a clear board, and then as Stamkos touches that puck, the play is blown dead. He shoots the puck, like slaps it right at the ref, um, and they're like challenging and reviewing every goal. So I, I just got I got to get that in there because for for anyone that watched it, like I, I know we said we we don't like the flashiness of the ABS, but I I did not uh, respect uh, how the how the Lightning went down uh, in Game Six and lost that final. G's a respect the game guy. G's a pass the torch properly type of guy. Uh, I mean, you, you just can't be shoot, shooting pucks at refs and slashing guys after goals. Like, I wish I saw a little bit of that heart from the Phillies. It's different, though. The guy scored a goal. He didn't, like, lay a cheap shot on somebody or, or anything like that. Like, they, it was just a frustration thing. And then Colorado has a 2-1 league going into the third. They, I think they gave up two or three shots to Tampa Bay in the third period. Um, we recorded what, but right, right as uh, game four dropped yep. last week and what Colorado took that in overtime game five, Tampa Bay goes up, pu- pulls a gutsy one out. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Took it in overtime with an extra man on the ice. Like yeah. that, so that, and, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, we were talking about it with a loyal listener in the group chat. They believed, this loyal listener believed, that Colorado was doing this all series and basically daring the referees to make the call. And the analogy I make is it's no different than running a pick play down in the red zone. You know, you just dare the official to call it, and the only team that gets called for it are the Philadelphia Eagles. That's basically what the Avs did. Sirianni dared him for for the first few weeks of his uh, head coaching career there. I think they had six called back. Wild. Yeah, so... Kadri scores that goal to win it in, in game four and, and take the three, one lead. W- 
whoever whoever he was coming on for, I don't even coming know. Coming on for McKinnon. I don't even know if he, if he had one leg over the bench by the time the puck went in the net. The 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 picture is you see McKinnon getting to the getting to the board. Not even a leg over. He's 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 on the. I mean, he's within the five feet window, but Kadri is across the blue line with the puck. So where where was McKinnon when Kadri comes into the play? No, I I agree. It was. I don't even know what to say. Like, I th- I think it ha- I think it's one of those things that happens, and they let it go. Sometimes they don't. But like, Colorado's just kind of so fast that they're probably not even really looking. Like yep. it's just, it, like like you said, it's just one of those things that they're gonna try to sneak it by until they get caught. And a- after game four, John Cooper, the Lightning head coach, he didn't even like answer questions. He's just like, I'm I'm really disappointed, and you guys will see tomorrow after the replay. And and then that led to them making the call in game five as Tampa Bay is trying to win game five with a one goal lead and Colorado is trying to come back. They make the call too many men on, on Colorado and Tampa Bay is able to steal one up there uh, and bring it home to, uh, to Tampa Bay last night. And they get the one, nothing lead the early go- goal from Stamkos. Um, and then just, just couldn't really muster much else. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a great series though. I mean, aside from, the game two blowout, the game three blowout. You had two overtime games. You had four one goal games out of six. I, I thought it was a great series. Uh, and, and you got you got to tip your hat, tip your hat to to Colorado. I, I think I think the best team won. Uh, I still think Tampa Bay is great. I still think they'll be a force uh, next year. Uh, they got most of their their big guys coming back, if not all of them, uh, under contract. So. Good series. I enjoyed it. Uh, first year with the NHL on ESPN or back on ESPN and TNT. I thought uh, I thought Sean McDonough did did a solid job. I know a lot of people gave ESPN shit for for some of the goal calls and they're calling it like five seconds after the puck is in the net. But I mean McDonough's he's on Monday Night Football. He's on College Football. He's doing the Stanley Cup. I thought he did a, a really nice job. Uh, and it can only go up from here. I mean, I would have liked to have seen the, the TNT. Uh, broadcast crew for in between periods and intermission. Uh, although ESPN did bring in Charles Barkley at one point, that was cool. But no, it was a good series. I I, th- I think uh, being back to ESPN and TNT is good. Good for the game. I think the viewership was up. I'm, I'm being a good for the game guy right now. But wow, uh, no, nothing, nothing, nothing really else to add. As much as I I was knocking the abs and. Their, their hokey pokey skate around shuffle around game um you know they they, they took it to one of the best teams in, in recent history yeah nothing to add nothing to add from the bomb so obviously i mentioned uh we're, we're gonna take a couple weeks off here recharge the batteries uh cheer on the phillies hopefully they'll have us talking in a few weeks time when we're back and we'll obviously get ready for our second football season as we approach uh, one year of thoughts from the shade. But I thought since we're going away for a little while, uh, we would put it out to the people uh, with a little, little ask me or ask us anything. I'm going to start with this one, try to make a brief bomb. I, I don't know if you have thoughts, but I'll start. Uh, one listener responded with a question about the Flyers and the summer acquisition 
Uh, should the Flyers pursue Alex DeBrinket? Uh, Alex DeBrinket is a 24-year-old, uh, small. He's like 5'7". He's a sniper, though. Um, winger for the Chicago Blackhawks. And he, I believe he scored 40 goals twice. He scored 30 goals once, uh, obviously all before the age of, of 25. Um, I think he's due to make $6.4 million uh, in the last year of his deal next year. Uh, and then he is due, going to be due a hefty raise. I think there's some clause in his contract uh, that he'll be eligible for at least nine mil uh, in 23 slash 24. Uh, and then after that, obviously, if the guy produces, uh, he's going to cost a pretty penny. Uh, so should they pursue him? I mean, sure, I'd love to see a guy like that uh, on the Flyers. But I just think about the price and obviously the price to make the trade. Uh, I mean, not that the Flyers are, are chock full of, of uh, A-plus prospects and, and top draft picks. Uh, yeah, they have number five this year. They have an extra one in, in 24 from the Giroux trade. But I just I don't know what the direction of this team is right now. Um, you know, you, you'd obviously if, if you want to keep them or if you give up a bunch of assets, uh, you're going to want to keep him, right? And so then you got to sign him to the long-term deal, pay him all this money. And I think where the Flyers are right now, they have a lot of money tied up in guys that uh, are signed long-term. Uh, Couturier, Farabee, uh, Provorov, Ellis, uh, Hayes. I mean, the, the list kind of goes on. And unless, like, Fletcher can reshuffle some things, um, I, I just don't think... I, I don't think it's feasible right now. I mean, I, I would, if you could get rid of Travis Konechny, I'd, I'd bring in DeBrinket. I think he's an upgrade over Konechny, and they're kind of a similar type player. Um, but for me right now, I think the kind of player that I would want to see the Flyers bring in is a guy like Andre Palat from Tampa Bay. Uh, he's 31, obviously has won a bunch of cups. Uh, he's played on the top line with Kucherov and Stamkos and those guys, and he, he just fits in. He, he, he can do it all. Um, you know, I think if you get him at a reasonable number and, and not too long, I'd like to see that. Or a guy like Nachushkin, Valerie Nachushkin, he popped in the Sears playoffs. Uh, he's a UFA uh, from the Avalanche, big guy, four check. Like, I don't think the Flyers, as much as they need scoring and a sniper, I think they need some more fuck you to their game. Like I know everybody said it, Cam Atkinson said it, they, they bring in torts, but they, they need a little more juice. They need a little more jam. Um, and, and I don't know if to brings that. I think a guy like Palat or a guy like Nachushkin does bring that and, and they can fill it up, you know, maybe not as good as to but they can still fill it up. And do we have a guy like Patrick Kane that can get a guy like to the puck? No. So, I mean, he's better than than what we've got at the wing, but I, I think right now, uh, for the price, I would say no on uh, on pursuing Alex DeBrinket. Maybe Shea Weber this year. What's he like forty now? You got any thoughts on uh, on DeBrinket, Bob? If you think I have anything, I mean, I, lo- I while you were talking about him for fifteen fucking minutes, I pulled up his Wikipedia and. Uh, he was a, a looks like a world junior champion for the United States. We don't need any more world junior champions. Give me just champions. I'm out on this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too small. Um, 
we, we, we need some, some hard guys to play against. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Uh, Let's go. Let's go to another one here, Bob. I'll let you lead with this one. I'd like to answer it too. Um, if you had to choose one city, not named Philly, with a pro sports team to be a fan of, what city would you pick? So, I'm I'm a little confused by the question. So I don't know if it's the team or if you're like picking the city. I, I think I think the question is asking. What city would you pick? But they have to have a pro sports team. What city would I pick? But they have to. They have to. So they have to currently have pro sports teams. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a red blooded American that 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 loves uh, loves sports, you got to pick it. You got to pick a city that's got got four, right? Hey, this is up to you, man. I know. I know. I know who I'm picking. I'm picking Boston. I mean, they're, they're they're I mean, they win. They're they're similar type fans. They hold their teams accountable. They're not really frauds, if you will. They know the sport. They know the respective sports. There's history with all four of their teams. I mean, anyone who doesn't pick Boston, like, what are your priorities? Winning? They're not winning if if you don't pick Boston. My priorities are winning, and a reputable fan base. I I respect that, but I I just I, maybe maybe it's jealousy. I I don't I don't like Boston. I I don't like the Bruins. I don't like the Celtics. I don't like the Red Sox. Uh, what's the other sport? The Patriots. I I, I don't hate the Patriots actually, but um, I saw this question and, and and thought about it for a second, and I I'm gonna go a little off the grid here, but but I'm going with Las Vegas. I think. Now I'm I'm not picking because of the sports teams. Uh, I mean, obviously things are kind of exciting with the Raiders, right? They just bring in Devontae Adams. They made the playoffs last year. Uh, they're, they're obviously new new to the Vegas area, new stadium, whatever. Uh, and then and then you have the the new new ish uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And we saw when they made the Cup final and, and made some early playoff runs. You know the uh, the scene, uh, the atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena. I think it would just be like a really fun place uh, to cheer your team on. I think another cool thing about that would be that any opposing fans that are coming in, like it's not like they're they're coming in to Philly or they're coming in to Boston or they're coming into Chicago. They're coming into Vegas. They're coming in to have a good time. Like I just think everybody is in Vegas for, for a good time. It's not like this. There's no, there's no history, right? So, so you, you talked about the history and, and the tradition of the winning. Like, Nobody's been getting their brakes beat off by Vegas for like thir- thirty years, right? So no, there, there's no hostility. I think. So you're, I think so you're just going to root for a team who who whose stadium is filled with opposing fans. I mean, that's that's not what it is, though, dude. Did, did, I, I mean, it you, is what it is. Have you ever been to a game out there? No, but did, Bob did, has. Did, did you watch? Eight no, you Flyers fans. You you went to the Knights Knights Flyers a few years back. I remember that. Yep. But you you saw you you saw what they were on TV in, in the playoffs and, and how electric it was there. Uh, it's it's not like a it's not like a uh, a welcome with open arms and we give everybody a hug. But I'm just saying like people aren't going out of their way uh, to to fl- fly to uh, I don't know St. Louis to go see the the Flyers play the Blues. But people will go to Vegas because it it's like fun. Not that they're going to overtake the stadium. 
I mean, you're, this is an, you gave that answer because you're a hockey honk. But if we had to change the question and you were required to live in the general region of the team that you pick, what would your answer be? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I would live there. Well, I mean, that has something I, I, to do with I'd, it. I'd be, I'd be living on the street. I'd have no cash. I'd be cleaned out. <laughs> but what what if, well, I mean, if we change the question and add that qualifier, you got to live in the region, you got to move there. Uh, what's your pick? Uh, top top of my head, gun to my head right now, I'd say Tampa Bay. You got that's, the box. That's the only answer. You got the lightning, you got the rays, you, you, you got the sunshine. Um. You get all the spring training teams coming down there. I mean, granted, you got to be a, you got to be a fan of the Rays, but yeah, now nah, that, that that's, that's an easy one. But, yep. but I th- I think in terms of, of of city to be a fan of, I know they don't have four teams, but I think Vegas is just kind of like they're new. Uh, I think their teams are, are pretty exciting. They they got good vibes going there, so that's that's where I'm going. And I also thought about Nashville. Uh, you know, the, the no, Predators no. got a good thing going. The Titans. Who's good? Yeah, come, come on. Nashville. But that's that's only two. That's only two teams, too. So that, that's that's kind of weak. That's, I guess that's weak out of me. I'm out on Nashville. Just in You're, general. I've, I've never been, but I always hear good things. No, it's a city. It's it, it's worse than Vegas. It's I think it's worse than Vegas in the sense that at least Vegas, you get a couple different things to do. You know, you can gamble. I mean, Nashville, what, what, I mean, yeah, it's cool that you can go out and listen to live music, but spare me the person walking around with a an iPad trying to get me, you know, get my Venmo handle so they can, you know, pop me for a $20 tip while, while they play Freebird. Come on, man. Like, I don't need this shtick. <laughs> All right, we'll go. Let's, let's go to the next one. Um, we got we got some questions about kind of football season and whatnot. And I think we'll we'll save those for August um, as we get closer. I think I think this is a good one though. Uh, this is from a listener in Virginia. So we've had we've had somebody chime in from Texas today. Got somebody from Virginia chiming in today. I was talking sports with some guys in New York City. One guy was a Mets fan. The other guy was a Washington Nats, Caps, etc. Fan. Of course, they hit me with the Philly fans are the worst. They throw snowballs at Santa Claus. What is the appropriate reaction to that comment that we as Philly fans get so often? What is the appropriate? What's the, what's the reaction? If, if, if you're talking to like somebody that you don't really know that well, that's not a Philly fan, they're not for Philly, a uh, fan of another team, and th- they hit you with, oh, oh, those Philly fans are so bad. They threw snowballs at Santa. Like, how, how do you react to that? Well, typically, I tell the story of what what occurred. The, the you know, Santa Claus comes out. He's all bombed up. He's drunk. Uh, it, you know, it, it was a, a a low budget operation. It was a disgusting operation from a team that was was dog shit. And you got a a hard earned fan base. Uh, uh, people spending their hard earned money. A fan base goes down there and they see drunk Santa. I mean, would 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 you boo that at the fucking mall when little Johnny goes up there to get a picture with Santa Claus? Yeah, you'd fucking boo it. You'd say, I don't want my kid around that. So, I mean, I think it's an appropriate response. Uh, I would ask these these fans of 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 the Nationals and and the Mets, like, you know, do they have no backbone? Uh, because this is a a tradition. Christmas is a tradition. It's a it's a it's a great holiday. 
And for Santa Claus to be represented in such a poor manner, I think is a disgrace. And I'm glad that Eagles fans stood up and did the right thing. I, the first thing I thought about when I saw that question was like, if that Mets guy is a Rangers fan, like I, if I was in that conversation, I, I would have been like, did, did you not see the motherfucker at Madison Square Garden that, that popped that Tampa Bay Lightning fan like two weeks ago? It's the only fan base where they talk about things that occurred like 50 years ago. Like, can we talk about like Dodgers fans or Raiders fans stabbing people in the parking lot? Yeah, that was a thing. Wasn't it like the San Francisco Giants not too long ago? It's everywhere. Yeah. It's it's literally everywhere, and, and I don't I don't understand. Are snowballs like are snowballs like a a banned object? Like it's a snowball. Yeah, they 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 must not have have too much fun as as little kids. These guys they don't they don't watch the Christmas story. They, they just don't enjoy Christmas. They might just be anti Christmas. Uh, it's just it's just an easy soundbite that they have implanted in their little pea brains or little bird brains. Oh, they throw snowballs at Santa Claus. I was out at Notre Dame for Charlie Weiss's last home game where they lost outright to Syracuse. It was 70 fucking degrees in Philadelphia when I left. It was a a weekend in November. We left. We drove 12 hours. By the time we got to Ohio, it started snowing. Your boy Bomb had no winter clothes. He had nothing. He was totally fucked. We roll up to the game. I go into the pro shop. I got to get the gear. We go up to the to the seats. The, the the stadium had not yet been cleared out. I'm walking in sneakers across snow at Notre Dame Stadium in front of Touchdown Jesus, watching the Fighting Irish get trampled by the Syracuse Orange in Charlie Weiss's last game. Good riddance. See you, Fatso. What do they do? What do the fans do? Oh, the, the, the traditionalists, the, the fans, the Notre Dame fans. No, they're pelting the team with snowballs. They're pelting the players with snowballs. They're trying to throw snowballs at Charlie Weiss. So I didn't throw a thing because I'm a stand-up guy. But how come we don't hear about that? Why do we hear about snowballs at Santa Claus? Yeah, this shit happens everywhere, whether whether it's snowballs, fisticuffs, stabbings, fights in the stands, like it happens everywhere. It's like you must you must live under a rock uh, or, or not 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 have a phone, not be on social media if, if you don't see this shit happen everywhere else, which is totally fine. But, you know, you're, you're just kind of sh- showing your age or your, your lack of uh, being in touch with with everybody in the world. If, if that's your take on yeah, Philadelphia just, at this it's point, just, it's it's tired. It's. It's frustrating. I honestly, I don't. I just stare at these people when they say it. Like I don't. You know, I, I go out and stuff for, for work. I try. Oh, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh yeah, you threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yep. Yeah, I haven't had somebody say that to me in a while. I, I, I'd have to think about that. I, I probably would just say nothing. But like, I just stare. You st- I'd be like, you still believe in Santa Claus? Um. Yeah. I don't know. That's. That's 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 some weak shit. Like well, that, you know what? It's like, you know, do do I do I hold the uh the you know, uh Oklahoma City responsible for like Sean Ma- or what's his name? What's Sean McVay's dad's name? Timothy McVay. Timothy McVay. I mean, do I do I, you know, I go I go to, if I'm a Sixers fan talking about the Thunder. Man, they bombed that building that one time. What are we talking about here? Yeah, it's I don't know. I I feel like you're uh, you're almost showing that you're not like a 
sports fan if it, yeah if that's the fucking thing that you're saying now like it's just it's just soft it's it's uninformed and it's old yep. um this this was an interesting one and this could probably be like an entire episode um and hang on hang on before yep. you before you uh you move on i just want to clarify sean mcveigh's old man did not do the bombing in oklahoma city whoever he does have the same name same name yeah so this this listener is curious about the process uh and i guess whatever retool or rebuild the flyers did like under ron hextall right um so was the process i'll just i'll just i'll just spit it out was the process a better use of time than whatever the hell the flyers did No. Yeah, I, I I think they were equally garbage. No, the, the difference the difference between what the Sixers and the Flyers did is the Sixers had all these top picks. The Sixers lost on purpose. The Flyers, even though they've been bad, they have not been a team that lost on purpose. And 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 do we do we not forget the fact that? They were the one seed just t- two years ago. Like, what are we talking about here? The Sixers have never won the East in the regular season. They're always a four they did, seed. They did. They did. What year? Last, Not not this past year, but the year before that. Oh, it was last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what did they lose? They lost in the semis? Yep. 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 So, yeah. I mean, what do you, what do you want me to say? Uh, the thing is, Sixers fans, they don't want to admit that they had the wool pulled over their eyes by little, <laughs> little Michael Rubin who's a grifter and his new grift is sports gambling and NFTs. And I've been calling out the grift for years. I've said he was a ski uh, and snowboard grifter. He's been a grifter with the helicopter, bringing in Meek Mill, appropriating rap culture. It's not right. I won't stand for it. I'm a guy who just shoots you straight. Uh, If you're a Sixers fan, you've, you've been a part of the grift. You have been grifted. Yeah, I, I would I would just look at it in terms of like what did what did what did we net in terms of like team success about the same, right? Uh second round exits were were the peak uh or were the best uh, output. I I would say the only thing that that might be better for the Sixers and I totally agree with like the intentional losing and that they had way more picks and and assets, but they did get like a a superstar out of it, like Joel Embiid. I I as much as I like knock him and stuff, I uh, I'll say that that he is like probably a top ten player in the league. Like the Flyers don't have a top forty player in the league. I don't know if that matters. I mean, what, what what is it? Is this like a a, a fantasy draft? It's just like two teams this, that can't acquire this, talent. That's really is what this it like is. Madden Ultimate Team? Like what the fuck are we talking about here? I'm talking about winning and losing. I'm not talking about, did I get a diamond card in MLB The Show? Well, we got Joel Embiid. That's how these guys treat it. Like, it's Madden fucking Ultimate Team. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm I'm just saying, like, the best player to come out of either of those eras uh, of whether it's tanking or rebuilding, the, the Sixers got, got the best player. Hasn't led to any more success. The only so. way it leads to success is if they trade them. They have to do process 2.0. I'm the first guy 
Let the record show. I'm the first guy on the record that says the only way the process will work is if the Sixers reprocess. I also think the other thing that's interesting about comparing those two situations is how the both general managers kind of got forced out before they got to see their their plan to full fruition. Uh, Hanky obviously forced out by the league, uh, maybe rightfully so. They don't condone the the tank. Uh, and not that not that I was a Hextall guy. Uh, you know, he was a weird guy. He, he didn't collaborate with other people in the front office. He was closed door and apparently very stubborn. I mean, the guy held his own fucking press conference in like a hotel lobby after he got canned, which like people don't do that as GMs in hockey. But uh, I think like if both guys would have got to stay around for maybe another three or four years, it, it would have been it would have been interesting just to see because. They got to start their plan, but neither got to finish their plan. Like I feel like Hextall's plan ended when they signed Van Riemsdyk, which obviously we've seen what that's become, and I don't even think he wanted to do that. Uh, and then that they 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 were kind of forced into to trying to contend again. JVR is to the Flyers what that kid the Sixers got from the Heat was. Who's the, who's the kid they got in the Butler signing trade or whatever? I don't know. The little swing guard, Richardson. Oh yeah, Josh Richardson. That that's Josh Richardson is the Sixers. What JVR is the Flyers? Just a panic move. We hope this guy works. We hope everything comes together. If not, we are totally fucked. And totally fucked we all were, but. Yeah, I, th- I think with with uh, with Hextall, I think he he was gonna be content with like riding out the the G and Voracek contracts, and then hoping that like the guys that we still have that are kind of young would would be taken over. But regardless, it, it wouldn't have worked. And I, I don't know what Hanky would have done. He might he might still be drafting, stashing, and and gathering assets and pick swapping. So uh, the, I I I think both I think br- both things sucked. Uh, I, I certainly don't condone the, the intentional losing and the way they dropped the, the season ticket prices to get everybody back in the center uh, to watch the Sixers. And, and they they sold them on that and they still blow. I think bo- both organizations are, are embarrassing uh, and, and total failures uh, at, at, at this point in time. And, and let me just add, even even years after the process blew up, y- you know, one fan base goes to Xfinity and pays eight bucks a beer to do a watch party for a bullshit NBA draft, and the other fan base doesn't. So, um, in terms of which process or retool or rebuild is better, it's the Flyers because uh, Flyers fans have finally come around to the fact that their team is dog shit, that uh, that something needs to change, that Comcast needs to sell the team. I don't think Sixers fans have come to that realization yet with the uh, Harrison Blitzer entertainment team. And, I, and I'll add on that with, with the NBA draft last week, you know, the Sixers get bounced in the second round for like the eighth year in a row. Uh, everybody's talking about what deal Harden's going to sign and, and what's going to happen. And lo and behold on NBA draft night, the Philadelphia 76ers trade the number 23 pick to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton, apparently a, a, a former rocket, uh, a Daryl Morey guy. We got a lot of those guys. They didn't win anything in Houston. So exactly. And I'm on, I'm on Twitter Thursday evening. 
and I have the draft on. I'm just kind of, you know, relaxing, not paying attention too much to anything, doing a little bit of scrolling. And uh, I, I see this move happen. And th- this is like the point you're making. Like the Flyers fans know that we suck. They, they know the front office sucks. They know the ownership sucks. They know the players suck. And then we trade for DeAnthony Melton with the Sixers. I mean, God forbid we we pick a guy that that we could develop. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing. Not 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 to get off track here, but between Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, like seven years of drafting, is there one guy that they drafted and developed? I, I think the quick answer is no. Uh, Roko. But here's a reaction. Shake. Here's here's a reaction of for the DeAnthony Melton trade that just made me embarrassed to be from the same city. And root for the same team as Michael Levin with a blue check. Melton is an absolute balls-on, accurate, perfect fit next to Maxi and Harden. I've been in love with him for six years, and sometimes you got to pass up the boat for a sick-ass jet ski. What the fuck is? What analogy is that? Pass up the boat for a sick-ass jet ski? Buddy, jet skis are more highly associated with uh, uh, deaths on the water than boats. So maybe that's where we're going with this. <laughs> Everybody ended if you're a Sixers fan. What the hell kind of tweet is that? I just, yeah, I just don't even understand. Like an absolute balls-on accurate perfect fit next to Maxie and Harden as if Maxie and Harden are some some dynamic duo. Like we, we just didn't, we didn't even have any real success in the playoffs. Harden's washed. Uh, this, this kid, this kid, Melton, uh, he might be a, Chris, he might be a nice piece, but it, he's not going to mo- move the needle here. Well, his rookie year, he averaged five. Then he averaged 7.6, 9.1. This is his fifth year. Last year, he averaged 10.8 points per game at 2.7 assists. Uh, oh my God. He could shoot free throws. Gee, 75% from the line. Uh, and, and 40% from the field. So uh, that's Melton. I mean, uh, Melton, Milton, who gives a shit, right? That's how I feel. And and these people, that they, they just are so quick to forget uh, another early exit in the playoffs. And, and it's just back, back on the stroke fest of building the roster, running it back. And, you know, our guy got robbed of MVP. Let's go get it next year. And your point on being able to draft and develop talent, this kid Melton was the 46th pick in the 2018 draft. He was a second-round guy, 16th pick in the second round. And we're trading, what, a 23 for him? Yeah. Can't we find a guy that we can get a 23 for? Tells you all you need to know. Yeah, Terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, that's an interesting comparison to make those two – for lack of a better word, processes uh, for those two teams in the last seven, eight years. Um, Boot or a jet ski, huh? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really get that one either because I, I could go down the shore next week and, and rent a jet ski and, and, and look like I got a bag, you know, for, for three hours on a Wednesday, but but I don't have the boat. I don't have all the cash, you know? No Doesn't room make any for sense. a cooler, no room for a fishing rod. You just... Drive around aimlessly. That's the best way to describe that franchise. All right, let's uh, let's rock a couple quick ones here before we wrap. 
If you could add one piece to any one of the four teams that gives us the best chance at the ship, what's the team and who is the piece? I can go first while you ponder. Uh, go ahead. I got to, I got to look at these a little bit t- today uh, in prep. I think there's only one team in this city right now uh, that is close uh, or has the potential to win a championship in the next two to three years. Uh, hope may, maybe I'll be proven wrong, and that would be fantastic. But I think that team is the Philadelphia Eagles, and obviously the big question coming into this season is going to be the play of the quarterback. I think the rest of the roster uh, is in a good place. I think they have young talent uh, and, and some nice veteran talent on the interior. Good, good solid mix. I think uh, with a plus quarterback play this year, I think the Eagles would be a top three, top five favorite to win the Super Bowl. And the one piece that I would add to the Philadelphia Eagles, and this is no slight to Jalen Hurts. I, I hope he has a great year. I, I, I don't think he's that bad. I think he could take a step forward and deliver the ball and and make a run this year. But you know, you know who I would add to the Eagles right now? Go on, Justin Herbert. That that I like that. That would be if I could add one guy to our championship contending team the only one we've got right now i would i would plug in justin herbert and i was not i was not a big herbert guy when he was at oregon and coming out um but i i think he's awesome i think i think in a short time here he'll he'll be established as as a top three quarterback in the nfl Uh, i think the chargers are going to make a deep run this year Uh, i just i i think the kid's a stud uh and i know he would be able to stand back there and deliver the ball Brown and Goddard and Smith are running wide open all day. Yeah, he's a stud. I like that. I mean, there's nobody on the Flyers. Uh, there's nobody on the Sixers that you can add and immediately transform them into a championship team. Phillies, same kind of thing. Um, I'm with you on the Eagles. I think you got the wrong position. I think Jalen Hurts can get the jab done, G. Hey, I, I didn't say he can't. But in terms of like a championship caliber team, adding a piece to get you over the top, people people recall that that 04 Eagles team, right, where they added Terrell Owens and it got them over the top. But I would argue it wasn't the move they made all, all on offense that was the biggest the biggest thing that got them to the top. It was they added the freak, Javon Curse, 93, coming off the edge, wreaking havoc. I mean, the Eagles did some nice things on the line. They got my guy, Jordan Davis. They added Hassan Reddick. But if you can add TJ Watt to that stable of pass rushers and get up the field, take guys down in the backfield, I mean, forget about what happens at safety, forget about what you got at corner. It's going to be turnovers galore, and with the Eagles' ability, they've already proven they can run the football. If they put an all-pro, a defensive player of the year caliber guy, a D-end in the form of T.J. Watt, this team is immediately a Super Bowl contender. I totally agree. I, I think that's that's a good pull out of you as well. Uh, T.J. Watt is a fucking beast. I mean, I think we kind of answered this one already. Philly team that wins the next ship. And the timetable, I'd, I'd I'd say the Eagles could win in the next 
I mean, if Jalen Hurts played out of his mind, they could win this year. I think they could win. They could win within the next three, three, four years, uh, re- regardless of what happens with Hurts, because we've talked about previously the flexibility they have. Uh, that if it doesn't work out with him, they can go get somebody next year with the assets that they have at the moment. It's got to be in the next four years, right? Because if it's not Hurts, if they stick with Hurts, you know, hopefully you got a little window here. If they have to go in another direction, you probably need to give that rookie a year or two to get his feet wet. We saw it with Wentz in year two before he uh, imploded. But yeah, you got you can go get Stroud, you can go get Young, take your pick, whatever you need to do. I think that that brings us to the end. I got I got one more, and, and it's it's in good spirit as as we depart for for vacation. I'll, I'm going to be spending a good amount of time down in Seattle City, New Jersey, uh, over the next uh, few weeks, couple of months. Uh, Bob, I don't know about you, but uh, this here, here's a question. It's it's a two parter. I'm going to ask it all together and then then maybe we can debate. But what is the best bar in Sea Isle? And why is it the OD, the Ocean Drive? So there. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not the Ocean Drive. Their team OD. It's it's not. It's not the Ocean Drive. I. I have the answer. I hesitate to say it because it no longer exists. But if we're going historical. Can we add historical bars? This is our podcast, man. It's the Springfield. The summer before they closed. We were tearing that shit up. Three bucks? Were they three bucks? Three bucks. You stand inside. That air conditioning was pumping. They they always had somebody playing some live music. They had an industrial air. I mean, it was like (laughs) the entire bar was a cooler. Like the, when when they go and install the kegs, you, you you open up that door and you hear the seal, and you walk in and the kegs are frosty and the lines are just you know warm enough to where they're not freezing. That's what it felt like in the entire bar. Their entire bar was the fucking keg cooler. Uh, I, and then oh wait, hang on, I've had enough inside. I want to go out and I mean I'm not a smoker, but if you want to go out and light it up. You want to get a breath of fresh air? You head right over out the back door to the carousel. Oh, I want a little smoothie. You can grab one there. Um, it's it's the Springfield. I don't disagree. That's actually a great take. I, I was thinking about that after I saw the question. Um, I kind of felt like I might be unqualified to answer just because, like, whoever asked that question, I'd I'd imagine they're they're a partier and. and my partying days are few and far between and I was never like the biggest, biggest get after it guy. Um, you know, I've had some nights down there and still do from time to time, but I, I don't know that, that I'm qualified, but the Springfield with the carousel was, was lit. And I, and I, I don't want to come on here and you know shit on any small business or, or local establishments, but I will, I would just say that, the points got to step it up in terms of replacing the Springfield a little bit. Um, so just to be clear here, <clears throat> um, I don't think I've ever been to the point. I think I was there once or twice last summer. There's just like, I mean, it's cool. It's the outdoor, you know, they got the sand and a couple bars and a couple girls with the coolers and everything, but I, I don't know what the draw is there. Like, it's just kind of people hanging out. Like if, 
it would be the same as if I sat on my deck uh, or sat on, on the beach in a circle. Like, I, I don't know what the draw is aside from being outside, which you can do anywhere else at the shore. And I got a hot take here. I mean, people ask, what's the best bar, this, that, and the other. And a lot of times they're thinking nightlife. You know, while I certainly partook back in the day, the nightlife, the bar scene, the whole thing, great times, good times were had, lots of laughs, lots of cash, et cetera, et cetera. Even then, the play, in my mind, is to just get bombed on the beach. Bomb on the beach. Getting bombed. <laughs> That's why the podcast is Thoughts from the Shade, folks. We had a cooler. We crack it open. You drop it in your little, you know, 32-ounce Yeti. Dump a couple beers in there. Get absolutely sloshed. But, you know, then then the fr- you get the one friend in the friend group. When are we going out? Going out. I want to sit here and drink for free. Eat dinner and go to bed. What do we mean going out? Yeah, that's that's a play, especially as you age. If you, if you don't need to be out there trying to meet anybody, um, sit on the beach, get the glow on. There's nothing better than than a few cocktails as the sun's starting to go down a little bit, five, six, seven o'clock. You're still sitting on the beach in the bathing suit, feet in the sand, a couple cold ones. You can't really beat that. Um so I agree. I think I was at the OD on a Friday night, uh, probably like two, three weeks ago now. And I, I had a time, uh, I, I was out with, with some, some folks a little bit younger than me. Uh, and you know, I, I had to keep up and, and I did. I, I like the OD. I like the, I like the back bar, the outside. I, I like the inside. It wasn't too crowded, you know, mid June. It's not too crowded down there yet. It's about to be swamped as we head down for 4th of July, but uh, you know, they had the AC pumping. They always have a good, good live, live entertainment in there. It's just, it's a little too crowded for me, uh, at this point in time. I, I don't need to be getting elbowed and bumped and boxed out as I'm trying to suck down like an $8 white claw after I paid $10 cover. So I do like the OD. Uh, you know, we've had, had a number of times at, at the old dead dog saloon, uh, great, great folks over there. Another place where, uh, you got to squeeze in like a sardine. Uh, as the night goes on, I will say last summer, I, I got into the ore house a little bit back, back on the bay by, by Mike seafood. You're shaking your head. I, I, I had some good times there. They had LeCompte going the one night, uh, and then they got the, the outside as well. So, uh, I mean, I, come on, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're going to run down on the bars. There's only one answer in terms of an establishment that still exists. What is it? It's Henry's. Henry's. They, Henry's they, is that is, is the best 302. Henry's, they have the best 302. The ice is perfectly chipped. I'll tell a brief story here. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I was with a friend of the program. We were at Henry's during happy hour. Were you you laughing? You know this story? Oh, I just um, I, I know something good's coming. Uh, we're at Henry's uh, during the day. Uh, we got there pretty early, uh, and. You know how it is when you're there slugging a couple drinks and the sun's out. You don't know whether it's two o'clock or seven o'clock. And we came off the beach, went right to Henry's, whatever time it was, early afternoon. Uh, This friend of the program was, uh, I believe, talking to the bartender there at the time. We, uh, which is to say he had been to Henry's multiple times that weekend we proceeded to get absolutely loaded at Henry's and, uh, the, the, uh, a, a gentleman comes over 
and proceeds to tell us, look, you guys got to go. Uh, you know, it's it's getting to dinner time. Happy hour's over. You're still wearing swim trunks and tank tops. There's no more tank tops and hats allowed. You got to leave. So uh, Bomb finishes his 302 and is getting ready to leave. And the guy comes back over and looks at the bomb and looks at the friend of the program. And uh, the bomb's getting ready to roll out. And the friend of the program, he... He had some he had some trouble, uh, uh, you know, getting the show on the road. He proceeds to tell this guy. <laughs> and I don't condone this, but I believe it was the, the 302 speaking. I spend so much money here that I fucking own this place. <laughs> to which this older guy says, you own this place. I own this fucking place. Get the fuck out of here, buddy. Uh. I believe this gentleman attempted to order another drink, was rebuffed, uh, and he was coaxed into walking out at the behest of our lovely law enforcement. Uh, so uh, I, I, I loved, I, I love Henry's. I love the the approach they take there. It's law and order. It's good times. A couple days later, the bomb. This was Memorial Day weekend. This story occurred. It's it's now Monday. Uh, it's Memorial Day. And Bomb goes over there to grab a burger and a drink before heading back home for the, you know, for the work week. And the same older guy comes over, looks at me, looks at the guy I'm with and says, your buddy's a fucking asshole. Tell him he's not allowed here anymore. And I said, I'd be happy to pass that message along, sir. (laughs) (laughs) That's gold. That's gold. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mean to give the rundown. I think the beginning of my answer was kind of like, I, I don't feel that I'm qualified because I'm not out there Thursday, oh, come night, on, man. You chopped night, it up Saturday, Saturday night. night. You chopped it up. I did. I used to. Yeah. I mean, it, we didn't mention Shabooms. We didn't want the buck. I mean, yeah, Shabooms. I like, but the good times there. It's, it's, I think it's, Hen- it's Henry's cause you got the, you know. And you go there. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta go to their happy hour. You gotta go there during the day. My favorite. So I, I was gonna close with my, my favorite at the moment uh, is is the Little Kicks outdoor bar, the the little white bar in front of the Sea Island happy hour. It's just a low low key spot. That's that's where you'll catch me uh, most evenings down there. Yeah, I'm like I'm anti kicks. Your anti-kicks. I mean, the only benefit of kicks is that it's on that end of the island. And if I'm if if I'm just looking to stay on that end of the island, then you just go to the to the old uh, what, what's the name of that joint? What Doc McGrew? The old Doc yeah, McGrew. You just go there and you get popped. Why am I gonna? At least it's at least it's a nice joint. Why would I? Why would I go to kicks? I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah. I'm, so I mean, Team Ti. You, you don't want to go down to the center of town. Kicks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah, I'm not a kicks guy. Wow, it hurts, man. But yeah, I, th- I think that'll do it. That'll do it for the AMA, the AUA. Ask us anything. Uh, I-, I enjoyed it. What do you think, Bama? It's it's good to hear from the people. It's good to know that when you put something out, uh, people are, are curious to get your thoughts on something. It's good to know there's people out there that that actually responded uh, and and want us to answer a couple questions. So thank you. Uh, everybody out there for the submissions. It's appreciated. Thoughts from the crowd? 
thoughts from the crowd. Hell yeah, man. Um, anything else that, that you want to touch on or get to before we uh, we embark on a few weeks off here? Wrap it up, G. Let's get to vacation. Let's get to vacation. Uh, let's not rush it away. I mean, it's the great conundrum right now. Like sports are slow. You, you're 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 gonna get the itch for football, but we can't rush the summer away. Let's just enjoy these next few weeks, few months. Uh, the weather, the golf, the beach, whatever. We'll do that. Uh, so everybody enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Menard Premium Detailing, the best auto detail service in Box County. Uh, they're on YouTube. They're on Facebook, Instagram. And you can check out uh, their work and some info, MenardPremiumDetailing.com. Uh, so shout out to them. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. Oh, yeah, wherever you're listening, five-star rating, review, uh, whatever you need to do to gas up the voice here. And uh, with that, we'll say goodbye for now. We'll talk to everybody uh, in a few weeks' time. And enjoy the summer, man. Take care. Take care.